Hello, world. Uh, my name is Micah Henderson. I'm here with my co-host, Thor Jolly. And uh, welcome to this episode of Get Wrecked. We are working on this. It's a kind of a work in progress, so we're not exactly sure where we're taking this show, but we yeah. figure, at the very least, we're uh, two buds who like to talk about crazy stuff, and we've all seen some crazy stuff, so we're going to recommend some things to each other. Yep. And the goal is to uh, make each other laugh. Uh, maybe make you find something that you wouldn't think you like that you do. Perhaps make the other one uncomfortable and force them to watch something they hate or listen to something they hate. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so welcome to episode two, and we are doing the good, the bad, the weird. Yeah, it's a South Korean film from 2008. I was looking it up. Okay, and, I had no idea when this movie was Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so it was made in 2008, and, um, it, you know what, let me pull up, let me pull up the wiki, and I can give you a rundown. And I used to be a blockbuster manager back when that existed. Blockbusters? <laughs> yeah, yeah, back when blockbusters existed. And so, we would get all sorts of random crap, and working at Blockbuster, we were allowed to rent five movies a week for free what yeah it, it that's was, pretty good it was pretty great um and they asked me when i got hired there if i liked movies and i was like yeah sure i liked movies and up until that time i basically watched just the general you know movies that come out in the theaters yeah i wasn't into anything indie or deep dive into stuff uh i watched a couple of anime movies not knowing that anime was a thing. I just figured it was a Japanese cartoon. Like there was yeah. a 1990s Street Fighter cartoon that was a feature length film. If you haven't watched that, it's so good. Yeah, it's not, so I saw good. The, the live action uh, <laughs> Street Fighter movie. It was so bad. So good. <laughs> and by yeah. bad, I mean, or good, I mean bad. Yeah. But. Yeah. They can't do a good Street Fighter film. I don't think it's possible. Yeah, they even no, tried. They even tried again. Absurd. Yeah, they even tried again with the Chun Li. Do you remember the Legend of Chun Li movie? No. It came out like early two thousands, I think, and they had uh, the girl who played Lana in Smallville. Never saw Smallville. Okay. All right. So it was the main. She was like the main love interest of of Clark Kent. I know who you're talking about, though. I can see her face in my mind. Yeah. So she played Chun Li, and. There's a bad guy who's always a bad guy, or an actor who plays a bad guy all the time. He was a, the bad guy, and I think the rundown with The Rock. Um, he's got gray hair. He's not a very nice guy. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy in person, but he always plays a jerk. And he played Bison, and it was such a weird <laughs> thing, because he had a suit on instead of like weird Nazi Bison outfit, or the weird outfit that Bison had. Like, it... It was very strange. They tried to make it a realistic Street Fighter, like set in our world. Okay, here we go. Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li from 2009. Yeah. The lady who they picked, I, you know, I was like, I know exactly who, you set, who you're talking about. I can see it in my head. Yeah. I doubted myself, which is why I pulled it up on IMDb, because I was like, she's not Asian. Yeah, I don't think that she is. And I'm looking at her. Her name is Kristen Kruk. Okay. She's a white lady who played Chun Li. <laughs> what? She is not Asian. Ah, uh, okay. Right. Yeah, I didn't think that. Well, I, I wasn't sure. At, I mean, I wasn't sure. Perhaps there's some uh, Asian heritage there. Yeah. But not fully. She's not Chun Li. She's not. <laughs> she's not. I'm just Chun-Li. saying. Neil McDonough, this guy, okay, Neil McDonough yeah. is the name of the gentleman. He plays a great bad guy. He does. All and the time. he is a bad guy in everything. Yep. Minority Report, Captain America. I just saw him in something. I he was know. in Captain America? It says he was. It looks, yeah, the first, uh, the first Avenger, so he played Timothy something. Oh my gosh, he was one of the... He actually wasn't a bad guy in that. He was a good guy. He had a handlebar mustache and everything. <laughs> yeah, he had a handlebar mustache. Timothy Dum Dum. I do remember him now. He There's some 
obscure World War II like superhero team that lives in Marvel Comics, and he played one of those guys. Oh, okay. They had like a, a weird cameo where they didn't say that it was that team, but everybody was named from that team type of thing. So the people who know that obscure reference would be like, hey, you know, they're doing gotcha, fan, fan yeah. service to the deep divers. Yeah. Uh, but um yeah so the good the bad and the weird uh was made in 2008 it was directed by kim ji woon i'm gonna mispronounce all of these names oh my god yes yeah so i don't i don't mean to offend but uh yeah so it's basically there's a lot of korean actors and actresses in this i don't know who any of them are other than being in this movie yeah i didn't recognize anybody i think i saw maybe one that was familiar probably probably in like Angbak or something like that. Yeah. And so Wiki is saying that it's a remake of The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I don't think that that's necessarily true. It's kind of like a re-envisioning, if anything. Yeah. Like, I, uh... I don't think that it's a remake of The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, personally. No. Um, but yeah, so it was re- directed by Kim Ji-Woon. It was in, in a South Korean Western Okay, so this was a Korean movie. Yeah. Correct? Okay. Yeah, so it was a South Korean Western, uh, and it's supposed to take place right before World War II. Okay. As far as the time That was period. also my next question, um, was what exactly is the timeline? Yeah. Yep. So, it's, uh, so Thor, give me your, give me your thoughts here. Would you, what was your general overall thought? Or do you have a general overall thought? Whew, this movie is... <laughs> something else it is something else um if i could sum it up in one sentence or phrase i think it would be this in this movie two separate people die from being stabbed up the butthole (laughs) (laughs) other but uh but i kind of liked it yeah Not just the butthole is stabbing. All, butthole all, stuff, all but... of it. No, this thing is um, action, front to back. Yeah. Um, so initially when I watched it, I invited my wife Kendra to watch it with me. And I was like, heads How... up, it's only subtitled. Yeah. So I know you're not a fan of that. It's not dubbed. So if you don't want to watch it, my feelings won't be hurt. And mm-hmm. she said, yeah, no, I'm going to pass. Okay. And watch Grey's Anatomy or, or something <laughs> else something... while I watch this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> After watching it, though, I was like, you probably could have watched this because there is very little dialogue in this movie. Yeah, there are very long sequences of action and chase scenes and that type of stuff. Yeah, like extended like 20 minute fight scenes, which is awesome. Really cool. I think if you took all the dialogue in this movie, Mm -hmm. the script was probably like 20 pages long. And then and then 100 pages of like descriptions of the action sequences <laughs> yeah agreed yeah i think that that's honestly one of the one of the reasons that i liked it because there's just so much visual storytelling that's done in this i feel like the cinematography is really really good and yes. i think that the soundtrack is freaking phenomenal yeah so that's one of the things i noticed when we were talking just in our discussions actually not what we were talking about last week but during our discussions you're somebody who you always bring up the soundtrack of movies uh, yeah and that's something that I think I miss a lot, mm. except in one the obvious ones, like a Tarantino movie or right. like the Guardians of the Galaxy, something like that. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I don't typically think too much about the way a movie is scored. Even um, That's interesting to me because you're a very musically inclined person. That like, is true. Like yeah. you play piano, you play guitar. Yes. That's very but, interesting. Yeah, it's something I, I just don't, I guess necessarily think about like actively too often but yeah i've i thought the same thing as soon as it started Mm -hmm. i was like i love this music because it's it's a mix between this movie is clearly them doing an homage to western Mm -hmm. to classic american western movies and so they take that classic american western uh style of music and then mix it with uh, very Asian-oriented music. Yeah. Yeah, it was super, super cool. It had really cool beats and awesome horn music. Um, it just it was, was really, really, really neat. There were um, three main characters in it. 
And I think that the movie title is referring to those three characters being the good, the bad, and the weird. I'm, that would I'm, make sense. I'm fairly certain. Because it's, it's basically, the plot revolves around this map that supposedly will take you to some type of treasure. Right? Jesus, don't. We'll get to it. Right? <laughs> and so, so that's like the opening pitch. And you find this one guy who's a bounty hunter... And he is getting hired to get the map, and also uh, he's going to get paid because there's this villain who's also going after the map. Yeah, this is uh, this is Duwan. Yeah, or no, not Duwan. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, where I wrote his name down here, uh, Park Chang Yi. Park Chang Yi. This is Chang Yi, and this guy, I got to tell you, the first note I wrote down. Yeah. The first, because I took notes watching this. Are we talking about the bounty hunter? Uh, the well, I guess he's more of like or, an assassin. The is it Mr. Cool or is it the cowboy? Mr. Cool. Oh, Mr. Cool. Mr. Cool. That's who you open with. He's been hired to yeah. get the map for this person. Um, and this is Park Chang Yi is the character he plays. Chang Yi. The very first note I wrote down is I hate this guy's hair and his eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> He has the classic duck butt haircut. Yeah, yeah. He is the most Asian influenced, I think, out of out of everybody. Yeah, he stands out as. Yeah, uh, that's the first thing that struck me as silly about yeah. this movie. Yeah, he's got like the the side devil lock or devil spike, whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, over the hair, and then his hair in the back of his head is spiked up. Yeah, classic anime, kind yeah. of like an anime inspired mm-hmm. hairdo. Yeah. And he's always wearing a suit. Yep. He's wearing the wearing eyeliner. Black suit and eyeliner. Yep. And then those black, those shiny black gloves. Yeah. Yeah. I think and the OJ dude... style isotoner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, dude, the dude reeked of cool, um, like over the top. Covered with it. Yeah. 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 It was, he was very, he was easily the most uh, Asian influenced out of the whole group. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then. It kind of doesn't give a lot of... And then it goes to... He's obviously going to be robbing this train. I guess it's on a train. Yeah. But little does he know, at the same time, there's a there's a thief, and this is Taigu. Yeah. Yin Taigu. Um, who is kind of like the bumbling uh, comic relief of the movie. Yeah, he's kind of like a goofy scrapper type of character. Yep. Yeah. He was probably my least favorite out of the three. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I just don't really... I mean, he served his place. I think he was needed. If the yeah. movie didn't have him, I don't think it would have worked. No, yeah, yeah. But um, out of the three, I liked... Uh, I liked the Park... Is it uh, Park Chang-Yi? Yes. Yeah, the bad guy? Yeah, Chang-Yi is the assassin. Yeah. So there are two... So three main characters. We talked about Taigu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one is... Day, is it Doan? Doan or Doan? Doan, Doan. But both of him and the uh, the assassin style guy, the cool mm-hmm. cool guy, Chang Yi and Doan are both uh, Park. They're both Park because yeah. in Asian culture they do the family name first right. and then the given name. Mm-hmm. So they're both Parks. So basically, it's like if in an American style, would be like this is Mike Smith. And this is Jim Smith. And they're not yeah, related. At all. At all. They just happen to have the same last name. <laughs> Which yeah. I was like... It took me a while to figure out <clears throat> who was who. What their names were. I Anytime that I watch a foreign film, I never remember any of their names. My brain just recognizes... You're not going to remember these. Like, you're not going to recognize these names. Just take the context clues. Yep. So I just watch and I, my, I give them names in my head. So it was Mr. Cool... And then it was the bounty hunter, and then it was the thief. Yep. That's basically what I what I recognize them as. Yep. And the one thing I will criticize, and it could be perhaps it's foreign storytelling, the story was a little bit hard to follow. A little bit, yeah. Um, well, and I think part of that is because uh, they didn't give you a ton of exposition explaining what's going on. They let you kind of figure out what's going on as the story unfolded. Yeah. Which... I generally like that style of storytelling, mm-hmm. but it was a little bit tough to follow. Do you think, so just as far as the, the rundown of the plot, so um, the 
I'm going to refer to as the bad. It's the guy with the eyeliner and the suit. Yeah, definitely the bad guy throughout the movie. So he's hired to get this map. And then the bounty hunter, who I'll probably just refer to as the good, is basically hired to get the map as well. But then they're like, also, you're going to get paid by taking down this bad guy. Yeah, Changi. Yeah, you're going to get the bounty for him and that's how you'll get paid. And he's like, okay, that sounds good. And... Then this, uh, the third guy, the thief, just kind of happens upon the map. Yeah, because he's but, robbing this train for yeah. real. Yeah, so so he just robs this train, and he just happens to be in this spot when all this shit goes down. Yep. And runs away with the map. So for the majority of the movie, he's got the map. Yes. And But it never tells you what the treasure is. It's just... Like a treasure. It's a map to a treasure. Yeah. And we'll get uh, that. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. So, just, so we'll get to it. Yeah. Oh. So there's a lot of, you know, hijinks ensue and there are kind of weird semi-formal alliances that happen and where they're all trying to go after this treasure and get this map. At the same time, they're kind of trying to kill each other, but at the same time, they're not. Yeah. And, and then to make things even more confusing... There's a group of bandits that also want the map. <laughs> Everyone wants this map. Yeah. So there's a group of bandits that also wants this map. And then the government gets involved. And the government also wants this map. So, like, <laughs> everybody. So, like, the, the military is after this. Uh, these roaming bandits are after this. Because they're trying to sell it on, I think they called it the ghost market. Yes. So... So everybody's really fixated on this map. Like, this is the MacGuffin of MacGuffins. True. Yeah. Well, and what happens is, so, uh, what's his name? Taigu, the thief. Mm-hmm. He ends up uh, getting off, you know, escaping from the train. Yeah. And uh, so the bounty hunter, the good guy, uh, Duwan, he tracks him down because he knows that the bad guy, Chang Yi, he knows that the other guy has the map. So he's like, I'm going to basically capture this guy yeah, and uh, keep him with me as a lure for the other guy. Yeah. So they kind of end up working together and I really like their dynamic. Yes. It reminded me of like a, uh, a rush hour type, like, yeah. <laughs> like Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan right. teaming up. Right. Cause you the got other the guy classic was... straight man, silly yes. man. Yeah. So dynamic. goofy. Cause the, the bounty hunter, he was a very, I'll say vanilla character. Like, he didn't have too much personality at no. all. Um, I just thought he was cool with his, like, his uh, action lever rifle. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and his duster coat and his hat. He was he was very cool, but not Mr. Cool. He wasn't as cool as Mr. Cool. Yeah. No, Mr. Cool was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then, so you end up finding out that Mr. Cool is actually, this part was silly, He's like, he's the finger chopper. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, they're like, this guy, uh, he goes around, he's a bad dude, and he chops Chops people's fingers. fingers. Yep, you gotta watch out for him. Um, One of the things I have written down here is that, um, like we said, so all the action scenes are over the top. Yeah. That's the thing about this, and I would describe it as, like, kung fu gunplay. Yeah, um, that that much I loved about the movie is like I feel like all the action was so cool, and even though they're primarily shooting guns at each other, mm-hmm. primarily, um, there are a few scenes where they're not, uh, you know, they they do traditional like sword fighting and kung fu sequences. Right. Um, almost all of it is them shooting at each other. Yeah. And it is such it's like a kung fu take on a bunch of people shooting at each other. Yeah. Yeah, that mixed with a lot of chase scenes. There's a lot of horseback um, shooting at each other, that type of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really fun. It was really fun. Yep. So, and then we get to the part that, uh, like I said, this is how I would describe the movie to anybody. <laughs> so, Taigu gets... Taigu gets... Uh, he gets away from Duwan. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, of course, he's on his way, and he's like, he sees a whorehouse, and he's like, "Well, I gotta stop there. It's right. an opium den slash yeah. slash brothel. It's he's got he's got to stop there, obviously." <laughs> and so this brothel is ran by the Japanese military, mm-hmm. who 
uh, also wants this map and somehow knows he has it and they knew he would stop there. Yep. <laughs> so everything goes according to their plan. Yeah. Um, he gets in, he gets drugged, he falls asleep. He wakes up in a cage surrounded by, there's also three kids in this cage. It's like a, it's like a, like a little jail cell. Yeah. It's him and like three kids in this jail cell for some reason. So then the door opens and he hides. I don't know where he hides, but he hides somewhere. And so the guard walks in. He's like, oh, what's going on here? And uh, he's the kids kind of distract the guy. And Taigu runs up behind him with a spike and shoves it up his butt. <laughs> right, it stabs him in the butt. And then not only stabs him in the butt, continues to kick it and knee it further and further until this man dies from being stabbed (laughs) Stabbed up the butt. butt. Sounds like a death from seven. Yeah, it does. It's so weird. But it only gets better because what happens next, because Taigu is now... uh, bought favor with these children he's like hey let's get out of this cage let's go right so he's because i don't know what these kids i still have no idea what these kids did they were probably orphans to piss off the government too like the military (laughs) it's a military holding cell (laughs) they have three children in there so taigu is facing off against uh kind of the guy who imprisoned him and uh when this guy least expects it, so he gets uh he gets a fat pulls a fast one on Taigu and he's about to about to kill him. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, one of these kids comes up behind him and shoves a sword up his butt <laughs> <laughs> because he learned it from Taigu. And then immediately <clears throat> after that, the next scene is him and one of the orphans, imprisoned children. Yeah. He has one of them on his motorcycle driving through the desert. I don't right. know what happened to, to the no other two. No idea what happens to the other two. And then in the very next scene, he's by himself. So I don't even know what happened to this <laughs> other. For all we know, Taigu may have killed and eaten all of these children the- <laughs> or just left them in the desert. We don't know. There right. is no way to know what he did with these Three children. Taigu the cannibal. <laughs> That's hysterical. Uh, I honestly didn't feel like the movie was super absurd, uh, except for a few parts. That being one of them. Yeah. That whole chain of events, I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I honestly forgot about that entire sequence, <laughs> to be to be truthful with you. Yeah. Like, I, I completely blocked that out. I remembered the really cool cinematic chase scenes, the awesome music, the cool gunfights. Yeah, I didn't remember the butt stabbing. The butt stabbing, it is. Yeah. Two times. <laughs> Who wrote that in there? Oh. Who wrote that in there? <clears throat> and then, so the biggest action scene by far was pretty awesome. So at this point... Um, Duwan and Tai uh and uh Taigu, they're back together. They're on their way to find the treasure. Mm-hmm. They've managed to get away. And at this point, the Japanese military has pretty much deployed an entire military, and it's kind of like a battle of the five armies type situation. Yeah, everything kind of culminates together. Everyone is chasing Taigu, mm-hmm. and then up comes uh. Cool guy, uh, cool guy, bad guy with his gang. Yep. Then the bandit gang. Yep. They're chasing it. And then the military shows up with, yeah. uh, like, jeeps and tons of cavalry. Yeah. And <laughs> tons of, uh, like, mounted machine guns. Yeah. Yeah. And this scene is nuts. It is. L- like, it's, it's long, too. It's long. like the last 40 minutes of the of the movie. I would like to point out, this is another thing that was a little bit absurd, is... Uh, so actually, Duwan and Taigu had gotten separated. Yeah. But Duwan comes in and k- destroys an entire military by himself. <laughs> <laughs> With just a pump-action rifle. Right. He's riding a horse, and he's slinging it like Terminator on in Terminator 2. Yeah. Just whipping it around every time. Just Yeah. Ah, oh, man. It was so cool. It was so cool. It really was. Where do you think, where do they film it? Because is there, I I don't know the geography of Korea at all. I guess that they filmed it in Korea. Probably. I know that it was Korean made. So 
Oh yeah, this is an important part. So I don't know how accurate any of this is as far as um, Japan, because essentially at the northern end of China, mm-hmm. on the east side of China, a, like a peninsula comes out from the mainland of China, and that is you know Korea. Today, yeah. you know today it's obviously divided into North Korea, which shares the border with China, right? And then uh, South Korea, which is kind of the tip of the peninsula, the Florida. Yeah, you know if you think of it in that. Like the panhandle uh, of it? Yes. And so this takes part in Manchuria, um, which is, uh, I guess, a province of China, or perhaps at the time period that it's taking place in, it was uh, maybe an independent um, independent government. I, I couldn't tell you I'm not an expert in that, but yeah. geogra- geographically, it's kind of like they're in northern China. Okay. So I believe that's kind of the area of like the Gobi Desert. Okay. Um, which would make sense. It, yeah. Because it was, most of the scenes are in like uh, the middle of the desert. Yeah. <clears throat> and a big part of the movie, once again, this is where I felt a little, um, you could tell it was made for an Asian audience, mm-hmm. was there was a lot of references to uh, like the strife going on between Korea and Japan and Manchuria. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how accurate this movie is, like how period specific and accurate it was intended to be. Um, just, I don't have that information. Yeah. But, I'm not sure either. But yeah. So Japan wants this map because mm-hmm. they want to claim dominion over Korea or they already had perhaps. Yeah. Didn't they say that it like could save the future of the country if they have the map some some type of line like that this treasure yeah this treasure map that an ancient king (laughs) that an ancient king wrote on a piece of paper (laughs) that this was where they would find this treasure yeah this fucking this (laughs) this fucking treasure treasure. yeah so so they all are basically on their way to this treasure yep everyone shows up and everyone starts killing each other Oh, yeah, just annihilating. All of Chang Yi's gang gets taken out pretty much. Yeah. All of the bandit gang gets taken out pretty much. Mm-hmm. All of the military All, gets yeah, taken out. Say, the military gets taken out. And it ends up with these three guys, like the three characters that you've been watching the whole time. Yep. So I think it's Taigu gets away on his own. Yeah, I think so. And he, yeah, yeah. And so he's wandering through the desert and he's reading the map. He comes up over this hill and he's like, this is the place. His eyes light up. So he's running. He's searching. He's like, I'm in the place. Mm-hmm. And then the bounty hunter, uh, Duwan, he shows up. And uh, <clears throat> basically, uh, Taigu's like, come on, let's do it together. We've made it this far. Let's just find this treasure. Right. Um, and you're still not entirely sure what's going to happen. Um, but as they're figuring out uh, where this treasure is, the bad guy shows up. Yeah. Yep. And then <laughs> we have a good old fashioned Mexican standoff. Absolutely. The guy's just like, you know what? <laughs> like, this is uh, Chang Yi, the assassin, the bad guy. He's like, there's only one way to solve this. Let's play a game. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to see who can kill each other first. Yep. And uh, at this point, it is revealed to you. That, in fact, Chang Yi is not the finger chopper. He is not the evil man. He's, well, he is an evil man, but yes. he is not the finger He's chopper. not the finger chopper, right. In fact, Taigu, the bumbling idiot this yep. whole time, the silly guy, he was the finger chopper. Yeah, and didn't he chop off the Mr. Cool's fingers? He did, because yeah. he finally takes off his glove. And I was like, as soon as he started pulling off the glove, I was like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he's got a metal finger, because... Uh, Taigu chopped his finger off of, uh, like five years prior. Yeah. How did you feel about that reveal? I liked it. Yeah. I, I thought that him pulling the glove off, I was like, yeah, that that's a little... But On the nose. it was such an out-of-nowhere twist. Right. Also, this whole concept of this guy being the finger chopper, <laughs> the way they introduced it was kind of weird, so it didn't seem like it was relevant at all. Like, yeah. they kept calling him the finger chopper, uh, Chang Yi, that is. Everybody thinks he's the finger chopper. He even killed somebody because they claim to be the finger chopper. Yeah. It it's all 
so silly. Like, it seems completely irrelevant. Until the very end when they're like, oh, actually, Taigu's the finger chopper. And right. he chopped the cool guy's finger off. But what does that even do for the story, right? <laughs> nothing. Like, <laughs> does like, nothing. Like, if you, if you took that out, I don't think that the story would change at all. No. Like, at all. I think because they still have reason to not like each other. They still have reason for a shootout at the end yeah. of the movie. He could have just bested him in a draw. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the whole time the everyone is saying uh, a big part of this movie was that uh, cool guy. Everybody was like, I heard Taigu bested you. So he kind of had like a score to settle. Right. Um, with Taigu. Um, <clears throat> so it could have just been that he beat him in a draw or something. Right. Uh, but no, it's that he was the finger chopper. <laughs> so weird. So so they find out what the treasure was before they do the, the standoff, don't they? Or I can't. No, d- no. They don't? No. So we go, they finally agree, and they're like, this only ends one way, with one of us walking away. Yeah. So they all kind of square up in a triangle. And... Whoopsies. And they start doing the classic, the classic Mexican standoff, just close up shots of everybody's eyes darting mm-hmm. back and forth. <laughs> and, then, oh. and one of them goes to draw and just sh- shit goes loose. Yep. They shoot each other a million times. Yeah. Like, yeah. They just keep shooting each other. Like while they slowly hit to their knees and then yeah lay down. <laughs> it's like i get shot three times i fall down a little bit keep yep. shooting get shot more yep and they all just get turned into swiss cheese by each other yeah at this point they're all laying on the ground mm-hmm. looking up at the sky ready to die when this area where the treasure is all of a sudden an oil spring explodes yep just boom and it's just you know like in texas or anywhere if you've ever seen you know, when oil erupts out of the ground, that's what happens. Yep. And they all, you kind of see them realize in their eye, like, oh, this must have been the treasure. Yep. This is the stupidest <laughs> part of this movie. <laughs> I have questions. Yeah. I'm curious what they are. This is a treasure that was foretold by, like, the great ruler of a dynasty <laughs> many, many years ago. Yep. How would he know that there was oil buried? That's a that's And if a good he did, question. how would he know that oil was treasure? Yeah. Because, or, or as useful as it would become? Yeah. <laughs> he was probably just like, it's black mud. Why would he think or know that it's treasure? How would he know that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Because I look at that I looked at that scene and I'm like, ah, oil, okay. Yeah, yeah I mean the I get what they're trying to do narratively. It's right. like Everything you were looking for is ultimately it wasn't treasure in the sense that you're thinking. Exactly. Um, yeah. The year everything you did was futile and hopeless. Right. Um, I got that, but I was like, "This is so dumb. How would, <laughs> how would this king from a hundred years ago know that oil was going to be such an important commodity? And <laughs> why would it just explode all of a sudden right when they were there?" Well, that's the reveal, right? Like yeah. That's, that's the the grand finale. Basically. And well, it, it cuts to the credits, mm-hmm. cuts to music, and I was like, that was silly. That wasn't any. But then there's still another scene. Yes. They go to a t- there's It's like a town, and there are wanted posters on the wall. And you see them cross off Chang Yi and write, dead. And then right next to it is a wanted poster of Taigu. They don't cross it off. Yeah. They do not cross it off as if he's still missing. Yeah. And also, who's standing there with his face covered but the bounty hunter? Yup. The bounty hunter still. He got shot a million times. Yeah, he managed to get that way. And was in the middle of the desert. Yeah, middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> like, when I say the middle of the desert, yeah. there is nothing there is <laughs> nothing and he got shot at least a hundred times <laughs> at least a hundred times he made it out though <laughs> he somehow made it out he made it out and 
it appears that perhaps they still think Taiku is alive as well. Maybe Taiku did. You don't know. Yeah. So there's actually two different versions of the ending oh, with okay. this. And so that one that we saw um, was cut specifically for international release. And there's... So is the... I'm sorry... Uh, the Korean theatrical cut is 136 minutes long, and the international one is 129. So I think we actually saw the, the Korean theatrical okay. one. Um, so the Korean ending is considered more upbeat than the international version. Um, well, okay, so here's here's the description of the, of the Korean ending. So it has several more minutes, minutes of footage. In the alternative ending... The weird, uh, Taigu, gets up, he reveals the thick metal sheet hid under his quilted jacket, and limps over to demolish the corpse of Chang Yi, the bad, Mr. Cool. So while doing so, he discovers diamonds in Chang Yi's pockets, and giggles with the delight before releasing, uh, before realizing that he's surrounded by the Japanese army. Inadvertently lacking a stick of dynamite, oh, lighting a stick of dynamite, he scares off the Japanese and dives for cover after realizing it was lit. Over the credits, he sets off to continue hunting for the treasure, and his bounty multiplied sevenfold. While uh, Duwan or Dowan, the good, vindictively pursues him. So we didn't see that. Uh, no, we did not. So yeah. um, that that makes that ending make sense. They should have showed that. Yeah. Because what they did was show that they tried to shorten it up. Like I said, they show them marking off a bounty. Hunter, yeah. like a bounty poster yeah so of we didn't chang yi so we must have seen and, we must have had the, the international marking cut. off not marking off uh taigu yeah and then uh duan just like but that that i was so confused by that but it makes so much more sense hearing yeah yeah all in all what actually happened <laughs> all in all uh it was a movie that i watched again i was a manager at blockbuster and it was just some we got like two copies of the movie you know, because every week you get more. That movies. seems like one too many. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it might it might have been one. I don't know because there are, there are the movies that you know you get a copy and you look at it and you're like, this is not gonna rent well. You just <laughs> yeah. you you know, um, and that I think was one of them. But it, it just intrigued me so much. The cover did, and I'm a very judge a book by its cover kind of guy. Yeah. Just by the nature of like doing design and illustration professionally that's all i that's all that i i absolutely judge a book by its cover yeah um and it just spoke to me and so when i started watching it with the music and the long cut scenes of of action and stuff it was just it was golden for me i was just it was amazing yeah i don't know if i'm necessarily in that camp i enjoyed it yeah i want to i definitely enjoyed it um it's, it was a little bit absurd. It is a little it, bit. It absurd. was a little bit absurd in certain parts. Yeah, and but once again, it, I kind of got the feeling it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be silly. So yeah. I, I can take that. Like uh, yeah, going it. But it was um, it was a fun watch. Yeah, I, I don't think it's something I will ever watch again. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I even me loving the movie, I would watch it like once every three years. Yeah, that seems that seems yeah. about right. Like I would just be you also, know what? I could watch this again. I was not high when I watched it, but I think I would like to get stoned and watch that. that I think I think I would enjoy it greatly I, if I did that. Whew, that's a man. I don't know if I'd be more confused watching it or what. <laughs> but I would enjoy the action scenes. Yeah. I really so yes, maybe I would. I wouldn't know what's going on. No. But the action scenes would be top notch. <laughs> If that was the case. You don't need to understand anything that's going on. That's what yeah. I liked about this movie was that yeah. it was just nonstop, over the top action. Yeah, the whole movie. Yeah, it was def- like you said. It was definitely an homage to the old uh, westerns, and I-, I don't know. I just really loved it. For me, any movie that can grab me, not only visually, and maybe maybe part of it is because it was a subtitled movie. I don't know about you, but I find myself when I watch subtitled films i really get like sunken into the movie and i think I see that yeah because you gotta you, like, you've like focus. gotta pay yeah you gotta pay attention you gotta read the subtitles and so i just find myself like i'm watching it i'm reading 
so I'm I'm kind of like my brain is is forced you're, to focus on yeah, the movie. Yeah, you're actively engaged. Yeah. And then when they take something like the music and make it what it was for that, just visually, audibly, um all of my senses except for like smell and taste were just consumed watching that movie. Yeah. So it it was very much an experience to watch that. I felt like it was really really good. Yeah, definitely worth a watch. Um yeah you can find it on youtube very cool you can find it on youtube for free they don't even put any commercials in it i can't imagine there's a lot of people looking at it (laughs) right so just uh yeah look up the good the bad and the weird you can watch it all on youtube it's great definitely worth a watch uh you do need to put the subtitles on they don't come on automatically but they do have them so there you go just cast it to your tv and and it's about two hours and like 19 minutes long uh, so it's a little bit long, but it's totally worth it. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, that was a good watch. I liked that. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Good. I am glad you enjoyed it. Do we do we want to do ratings on this, or do we just want to say whether we liked it or not? I mean, we could do ratings. Uh, I don't think we need a hard, fast rule for it. But yeah, yeah I I would say I would give it hmm, probably seven out of ten. Okay. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, once again, super fun. If mm-hmm. I'm, if just based on like the fun factor and the action scenes, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Loved all the action. I mean, right. The plot let, was a little let, contrived. Let's be real. Like, uh, you know, a, when you're, like I said, it's basically a Kung Fu movie, Yeah, but it's Kung Fu gunplay. It's, it's um, very much no, filmed like a Kung Fu exactly. movie. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Nobody does that style of movie. Yeah. Um, better than people in the countries where, you know those that type of movie originated yeah yeah so um for the action 100 percent, 10 out of 10 yeah um for the laughs also probably eh, probably like an eight or nine out of ten still yeah. still high marks just yeah. the story was a little bit confusing so yep. don't go into it expecting like a, <laughs> a straight line movie. <laughs> it's not a super thought-provoking film uh but i'd say it's a good uh I was going to say it's a good popcorn flick, but it's a little bit more enjoyable than a standard popcorn flick. I think it's a legitimately good movie. Uh, you got to like subtitles. You got to like foreign films. Yeah. Um, so if you're not okay with that, I wouldn't recommend it. No. Well, but like you said, do you think that your wife would like it? I honestly told her, I was like, I think you probably would have enjoyed it because it's yeah. not. There was more. I, I feel like there was the same amount of dialogue in Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she enjoyed that, so... Yeah. All right. Well, cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Thor. I'm glad it was at least interesting to you. (laughs) It definitely was interesting. Two people die from being stabbed up the butt. What's not to love? (laughs) (laughs) Ten out of ten. I changed. (laughs) Ten out of ten. What's not to love about that? What are we at time-wise? We are around 47 minutes. Okay. Cool. You want to do a little bit of silly news? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm all up for silly news. What do you got for us? All right. Let's see. All righty. This story. This one, I'm going to have you guess something. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, this story, and this is probably from about, uh, it looks like uh, maybe a month or two ago. Okay. This story is uh, called Long Live the King. Uh, Elvis is left dot 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 the barber shop. Okay. Elvis Presley's personal barber, Homer Gilliland, scooped up snippings of the king's hair over multiple haircuts and kept the baseball-sized ball of uh, hair clippings in a plastic bag. He then gifted them to Thomas Morgan, a mutual friend of him and Elvis. Okay. Alrighty. So on. Uh, oh yeah. Here, September eighth. So about two months ago. This hair, now sealed in a jar and backed up by, uh, quotation marks, extensive documentation. Okay. <laughs> sold at auction for how much? How much do you oh, think Elvis, gosh. a baseball-sized clump of oh. Elvis Presley's hair clippings, <sighs> how much How much would you pay for that? Well, I, I, not very much, to be <laughs> honest. But um, unless it was a good deal, just so that I knew that I could turn around and hawk it for more (laughs) um yeah but man what uh, my guess would be how about 15 million that's my guess 15 million yes 
Whoo! I don't know way if I'm off. way high. Way off. I'm way. I'm, am I way low? Way high. I'm way high. Okay. All right. In that case, two hundred and fifty thousand. Seventy-two thousand five hundred. Okay. Still, I didn't expect you to go that high. <laughs> I wasn't sure. It's Elvis. I thought like, the shock was going to be like, what? I can't believe that. <laughs> like 15 million. Who knows, man? Uh, I mean, 15 million is a, a lot. People do go crazy for Elvis. They, they do go nuts. Yeah. I mean, but even still, you said 72,000? 72,000 dollars. For hair? For a clump of Elvis's hair. What do you do with that? I, I guess you just keep it in the jar and put a name tag on it. Like, make a shrine or something? Yeah. Do you, like, release it to a museum? To, like, like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Would they be interested in it? Hanging out in Ohio? I don't think so. I think they're more into, like, <laughs> stuff they can... Stuff they can show off? Yeah. yeah. Look just at, a jar of look hair. Look at this jar of hair. This is Elvis's hair. No, a creep. A creep bought this. Or a very old southern white lady. I could see that. They love them some Elvis. They do love Elvis. I mean, he wasn't bad. They call him, they call him the king for the reason for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I like old Elvis. Like and and by old I mean um chronologically it's young Elvis. Yes. So yeah. like the the younger Elvis I really enjoy. I don't care for disco Elvis that much. Yeah. Well, that's when he was still steal, uh, still stealing all his songs from like black musicians and not giving them credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> they yeah. made the best music. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was $72,000. Yeah. What would you buy for $72,000? Like, is there anything legitimately that you would pay for that much? I don't. Th- I don't think I could. But right. So, but, but, but let's say that you were in in the position to position. Okay. Yeah. So and it's still like I wouldn't recommend going okay. into debt to buy Elvis's <laughs> hair. <laughs> no, no. So something where, uh, so something I would let's say I would value at seventy two thousand dollars, regardless if I, you know, yeah, um, could purchase it or not. Something I would value at seventy two thousand dollars like is there another musician that you might like something of theirs and Ooh. and would it be would it be their hair like is another musician's <laughs> worth that much no or, definitely not yeah i i i think like a guitar like a guitar actually played and owned by like Jimi hendrix maybe right. yeah yeah i could see that or yeah for me it would be like one of the beatles maybe yeah like, i could i could see that seems realistic if you have the cash, you know, this is Paul McCartney's bass type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, that'd be kind of cool. Um, maybe a comic book, like a first edition comic book for me. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, but those are more than 72000 Those, like, first edition Superman's, like, it's a ton of money. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Ugh. I don't really like stuff, though, so. That's, that's kind of where I'm at, too. Like. Even if I was a millionaire, I don't know if I'd spend that much money for Elvis's hair. I just don't know what you'd do with it. I don't think I would pay for anybody's hair. <laughs> There's kinda, nobody's hair I would it, pay for. It reminds me of like when when parents would keep their kids' like first haircut hair. Was your mother that way? No, we had two dollar bills though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> my mom she probably still has it yeah there's a scrapbook we you know with the classic old photos okay um from when that i kind of said that like i was from philadelphia yeah she had some photos in it photos she was drinking water putting photos in her <laughs> scrapbook <laughs> and, uh, but yeah no she had a scrapbook with old photographs and um in that, I believe it was my uncle. Okay. He gifted myself. I have uh, my brother and my two sisters, um, and he gifted each of us a two dollar bill. Okay. On like our first birthday or when we were born, something like that. Did they say that it was going to be worth more yeah. than? Yeah. Yeah, they were going to be worth a ton. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she still has it somewhere in an old those two dollar bills. Yeah. From. Probably nineteen, I don't know, eighty, <laughs> somewhere like that, around yeah. there. Who's on the two dollar bill? Is it Hamilton? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I'm looking it up. Two dollar bill. 
Why did they make the $2 bill? Who thought that that would be a good idea? You've got a $1 bill. And why? you already had $5 bills. Yeah, like why do you need an in-between well, there? Well, maybe we look that while you look up who's on it. Yeah. Let's see. Why in the world? Oh, it's you... Jefferson. Jefferson's on the $2 bill. Our third president, folks, Thomas Jefferson. But why? <laughs> so looking online, it gives me the value as if to rub it in every single person's <laughs> face that, that thought that a $2 bill would be worth more. Yeah, it says value, $2. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Same thing with those stupid Sacagawea coins. Oh, yeah, those gold coins. Yes. That were going to be worth, you know, more than a dollar. All right, let's see. Why did they make the $2 bill? Is there an actual answer for that? It doesn't give me an answer to the question. The question I ask is, why did they make the $2 bill? Yeah. The answer it gave me, though, was as a result, the $2 bill started having weird uses even after the Great Depression. I guess, so I'm assuming based on the answer, it was made for the Great Depression. Okay. Perhaps because, uh, like, $5 then would have seemed an astronomical amount for That's... the general populace. Okay, so I guess, yeah, when I Cause, asked why... Because it looks like this is a sentence taken from... Uh, taken from a longer story or paragraph, and it says, as a result, the $2 bill started having weird uses even after the Great Depression ended. So it seems okay. like it was created during the during Great, the Great Depression. Depression. What were the weird uses? Now I'm curious. According to Bernardo, <laughs> to Bernard the, okay. the expert all right, on Bernardo. the $2 yeah. bill, Tell I us all about it, Bernardo. Politicians started using the $2 bill to bribe people for votes. And the bill started being used for bribery. You know what they were doing. In you addition, <laughs> it was also a bill used for prostitution and gambling. <laughs> okay, so here's exactly what they were doing. Those politicians were going up to people and they're like, hey, vote for me. Here's a $2 bill. It'll be worth more someday. <laughs> That's exactly what Absolutely. That's so weird, though, that it, a particular currency was used for prostitution and gambling. Man. Yeah. Like, like prostitutes were like, nah, I don't take ones. I don't take ones. I don't take ones, honey. I mean, I you know what? Twos. If you had a G-string filled with $2 bills, you got double your income for the night. Yeah, that actually, that's true. And that yeah. tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so without getting too crass, now maybe somebody should do a social experiment Go to a strip club, but instead of having ones, only have $2 bills and see if they can have a better experience with $2 bills versus $1 bills. <laughs> see, see if they flock around. No, they're probably going to kick you out because they're going to be like, this is a psychopath. <laughs> this is clearly a psycho. Clearly. Bring it $2 bills. All right, I got one more for you. Ooh, okay. Hit me with it. Florida police seek help. This one's just kind of a bit odd. Florida police seek help to ID a victim from their tattoo after body parts were found floating in a bay. Ooh. So essentially... So body parts were floating up. One of the body pieces had a tattoo. Yeah. So in Tampa, McKay Bay in Tampa, fisherman thought he spotted a fish. Uh Uh-huh. He starts pulling it in. He sees a lump. He's like, I thought it was a catfish. And as it gets closer, he realizes it's a human leg. (laughs) Same color and everything, probably. Additional human body parts were discovered just before noon on Friday. Just floating. I would just like to point out that Dexter was from Florida. The Bay Harbor Butcher. Somebody's... Somebody's... Somebody's LARPing Dexter. Do you think, too, that maybe... I mean, because the new season of Dexter has just released. Like, they just released Have the first Have you seen ep- any of it? I haven't yet. We watched the first episode last night. Was it any good? It um, Yeah, you have to accept, though, that it's... Because they're not just calling it Dexter. It's not Dexter Season 9. Okay. It's Dexter New Blood. Okay. It's a new series. I believe they're only doing one season, I, from I, what I had heard. That, that's what I heard, too. I bet they're waiting to see how well it does. And yeah. Like, oh, we're going to do more... So you have to accept it is, um, it is, it's not Dexter. 
So it's not what they, Dexter was. They definitely made some changes, made some updates to okay. it to make it more, um, uh, to make it more modern and more. Okay. So some of the things kind of bugged me, but I was like, I had to kind of take a step back from myself and be like, they're not just going to make the same show that they made. That that's not what they set out to do. I don't think so. Yeah. It's not the exact Dexter experience. Okay. But the first, the first, uh, the first episode, I wasn't a huge fan for like the first 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Um, and it pulled me right back in. Oh, really? Yeah. I love that character. I love Michael C. Hall. Michael C. Hall does a great job as Dexter. Yeah. He, he really does. So, um, if, if you intend on watching, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I do. You, so it's one of those things where I talk to Ash. There, there, December is like packed with TV shows. Yeah. Um, cause the Witcher is coming out. Oh, that's right. The Wheel of Time comes out on Friday. This it comes week, out tomorrow, yeah. which I cannot wait to watch. I don't know if you're planning on watching that at all. Um, if yeah, not, I've heard you guys talk about the Wheel of Time so much. I'm like, I'm going to watch it and see what all the fuss is about. Yeah, and yeah then absolutely. Perhaps read the books. Yeah. So if, if I enjoy it, I have the audiobooks. If you would like the audiobooks, I will lend them to you. Um, but so, so those are both coming out. Dexter's coming out is out now and Ashley was like there's just too much like we we have to <laughs> we have to decide to binge something and so I think that we're going to decide to binge Dexter and just wait for all of that to yeah. release and then watch it all in you know a couple of days yeah well and honestly that can be better because now in the world of binging entire series mm-hmm. it's very easy if you are actually trying to stay on top of something week by week yeah if you are not absolutely enthralled with it it's very easy to forget yeah and then get get caught up on something else and come back to it gotcha but it's cool okay <clears throat> all righty so i guess we should close with i'm going to give you your recommendation for next week i am ready for it i'm giving you a music recommendation Ooh. okay all right so, I'm pretty confident. I only prepared one because I'm pretty confident you haven't listened to this. Okay. So, the Fugees. The Fugees, okay. Which, you know, Lauren Hill, Wyclef Jean. Yeah. Um, Proswell is mm-hmm. the third guy. He didn't really necessarily go on to as much fame as like Lauren Hill and uh, Wyclef Jean. Okay. So, the Fugees. And you're probably familiar, you know, the two big songs are like. What are the two big songs? Because I know the name. Ready here I come. Okay. You can't hide that okay. song. Yep. Right. As well as Killing Me Softly. Okay. Okay, yeah. I yeah. know those two songs. Yep. Couldn't have told you that the Fugees did it, but <laughs> but I know those two yep. songs. Uh, so, I'm going to give you a list of ten songs. Okay. So, uh, the first five of the songs are going to be off their second record, The Score. And that was the one... Uh, the score, as far as Fuji's go, the score is like gold standard. I mean, it has their two biggest hits on it. It's okay. honestly probably my top album, probably my favorite album all time. Really? Easily in the top top three. Okay. Easily. Wow. I'm not yeah. a huge hip-hop fan. I'm not a huge uh, hip-hop expert by any means. Yeah. But absolutely love this that's gonna be so i'm specifically giving you some deep cuts okay and i suggest you listen to the score i my suggestion is you listen to the entire album okay all right the album is called the score all right but the five songs you must listen to okay first one is called zealots okay then the mask all right the beast okay the score all right and manifest manifest once again uh for listeners at home please bone up on your fujis um seriously incredible absolutely incredible album but with music i feel like it's a little bit different than movies sometimes you just hear something you're like i just don't like this yeah so that's fair so definitely listen to those five i suggest though if you enjoy them yeah listen to the whole album it's incredible and then the other the next thing you should listen to is their first album okay so the second album by far is better. Okay. The first album is still very good. Yeah. It's very different. And this was also the order in which I heard them. You heard them. Well. Okay. So you were introduced to them, I guess, with their second album. With the score, yes. Okay. Uh, I actually, I found the CD. I stole the CD out of somebody's car, I believe. Okay. Um, this is like and, high school Thor? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, I, I, uh, I just 
started listening to and I was like, I love this. Honestly, I had to look up the names of these songs because I never, I just knew the CD. I couldn't even tell you what genre the Fugees do. I have, yep. I'm, I have it's, literally it's no idea. It's hip-hop of okay. scores from 1996. Okay. Once again, the second album. Their first album, though, is called uh, Blunted on Reality. But here are the <laughs> okay. songs from that. It's called Fuji Translators Crew Blunted on Reality. Okay. But in any case, here are the, the five songs from that that you should listen to. Once again, I suggest listening to the whole CD. To the whole thing? All right. It's a little bit older. It's a little bit more raw. Okay. So if not, I would totally get it. But uh, first song, Some Seek Stardom. Okay. Temple, Giggles, Recharge, Jeez. and Boof Bath. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Boof so Bath. We'll get into a little bit of history of uh, Fuji's uh, next week. Yeah, um, I'm super intrigued. Lauren Hill and Wyclef Jean and the Fugees themselves, they have a very, you know, rich history. And okay. Wyclef Jean went on to be super influential in uh, hip-hop, you know, culture and music. Really? After the Fugees. They only ever, ever made t- these two albums. Okay. Um, but... I'm just so ignorant Two of my to... favorite albums of all time. Definitely really? the score, score is... Tr- uh, like the... Blunted on reality, not as much. Yeah. I could, you know, I could leave it and I would be okay. But okay. Seriously, the score is easily one of my top three. So I'll listen to both of them and I will listen to them in that order. I'll yeah. listen to the score and then I'll listen to their yeah. first album. But I, on reality. like I said, specifically the songs I mentioned, mm-hmm. those are the ones you need to listen to. Those okay. are the ones, those are the ones like they're the deep cuts and they really... They're my favorites. Okay. They're, they're so cool. It's And it's so unique. And it's so unlike any other any other music. <clears throat> it's going to be... Bo- both of the albums. Very different albums. Yeah. But each of them so unique and individual. It's going to be a an interesting sell for me. Because I, I generally am not a hip-hop person. Yep. At I, all. I didn't think so. And, <laughs> well, Could you and tell? Neither, neither am I, honestly. <laughs> But I am, admittedly, I'm a huge fan of like old school hip hop, like late '80s, early '90s hip hop. Okay. I really, really enjoy. Yeah. So for me, I think of old hip hop as Run DMC and MC yeah, Hammer. Sure. That's... Well, maybe not MC Hammer, but yeah, sure, Run DMC <laughs> or uh, that shows my ignorance. Maybe we'll listen to some Slick Rick sometime. Some Slick Rick. Slick Rick is oh, great. Slick Rick, <laughs> Slick Rick sounds like he hangs out with old Greg. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, Lauren Lauren Hill's one of the the most masterful rappers okay. of all time. Like lyr- lyricists in and, general. And it's just not to be not to be castrated so. for my ignorance, but how do you spell Fugees? Is that F U G I S? F U G E E S. So it's like refugees. Okay. Just cut the R E. Okay. F U G E E S. Yeah. Because yeah. they're all, I believe, um, they're all Is that where they, the... they all come from like a uh immigrant background i believe is that where the like, name comes from yeah because oh, i know why really? john okay. is 100 percent haitian okay like i know he's definitely haitian yeah um as far as the other two uh proswell and lauren hill i don't know if they're if they themselves were uh were refugees that were that... or if come from you know if their parents were refugees or anything like that or were it's just essentially from a different country yeah um but yeah they're from New Jersey, I believe, like New Jersey in the eighties and nineties when it was, you know, real rough, yeah, real rough place. So okay, all it's, right, uh, it's very real music. It's very Fuji's. I'm gonna listen to it. You should too. Yes, we will, <clears throat> we will see you next week for some music chat. More yeah, man. Weird news. I'm excited for it. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, join us next week. We're gonna listen. Well, we're gonna talk about the Fuji's. Uh, I'll give my reaction, and Thor's probably going to give me some more deep dive stuff. I'm excited yeah, to hear it. Absolutely. All right. Stay wrecked out there. Yeah, get wrecked. <laughs> is, that, is that good? Stay wrecked. Yeah. Stay wrecked. <laughs>